Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joining us right now is Stacey Sobel. Stacey is um, a friend of mine of many years, and she is such a bright, competent woman that I wasn't surprised to see that she was chosen in the very prestigious position to be the head of our Connecticut's Anti-Defamation League. It's been quite a year. I will say that I know Stacy in a former professional context in which she was the leader of Child Advocates, which is another amazing not-for-profit organization that does wonders in Fairfield County. Uh, as the leader of the Anti-Defamation League, the stated purpose is to pinpoint, eradicate. The mission um, is all about trying to understand and eliminate instances of anti-Semitism, but it goes beyond anti-Semitism to all kinds of prejudice, wherever it is. Stacey Sobel, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. And I will, I appreciate your kind introduction. And I will just say back um, how much I respect Lisa and all the work she's done. And in my previous job, I know Lisa is an amazing judge. And Lisa, we love your radio show. So thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's really a pleasure, Stacey. So, so Stacey, uh, looking at the state of the world and anti-Semitism right now, where are we in 2023, 2022 versus where we were 10 years ago? Great question, Lisa. Let me just give a quick um, little intro about ADL. So ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, is the leading anti-hate organization in the world. We were founded in 1913, and we have what we call an integrated mission, which is to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment to all. So ADL realizes that hate of any one group really impacts all of us, and so we fight hate of all kinds. And our goal is a world in which no group or individual suffers from bias, discrimination, or hate. So um, it's a really big mission, and Connecticut has there's 25 regional offices of the ADL across the United States and Connecticut has our very own office. So we serve the entire state of Connecticut. So to your question, um, ADL has been tracking anti-Semitism for 40 years and we have seen a dramatic increase in anti-Semitism last year in one year alone, nationally, there was a 36% increase in anti-Semitic incidents, but in 10 years, since 2013 to 2022, 
we've seen a 500% increase in anti-Semitic incidents across the U.S. That's five times as many in 10 years. And here in Connecticut, in one year, this last year, we experienced a 100% um, increase in anti-Semitic incidents. So double. So double. Double yeah. in one year. Double. And I can give you the overall uh, view of hate that we've seen here in Connecticut as well, which is also equally. Yes. So ADL has a. Yeah, ADL has a button on the front of our website that says report an incident. We keep track of hate incidents. Now, a hate incident is not the same as a hate crime. Um, A hate incident is some kind of a statement, a bias, a prejudicial Mm. statement. When it's accompanied with a crime like vandalism or assault, it becomes a hate crime. So ADL tracks both. When you get the data from the state or from the FBI, they're tracking just crimes. So ADL tracks incidents and crimes. So the incident incident may be when somebody calls somebody an ugly name. That's not a hate crime. People still have freedom of speech. They can say a nasty slur to somebody. They're not going to go to jail, but it's a hate incident. Is that right? Exactly. And it it reflects what's going on in the community. And so uh, the government, legislators, community members like to have this information and this data because it's showing trends in our society. So um, ADL Connecticut had um, more than twice as many hate incidents reported to us last year as the previous year. And we've seen a 265% increase in four years in the number of hate incidents reported to us. So let me really ask you overwhel- something, Stacey. It's overwhelming, but it's, it's not that many incidents altogether, is it? It's not in the thousands. How many incidents are we talking about? Last year, we they were, it was, this is only what's reported to us. So remember, there's really notoriously under-reporting. Of course. But in Connecticut, Respond, we responded to 368 incidents last year. So it's okay. almost one every day. Okay. All right. So, and are they concentrated in particular neighborhoods? Where are they? No, they're all, they're all over the state. They're really all over the state. Can I tell you about one that happened a couple of months after I started at ADL? It was just heartbreaking. Sure. Of course. Sure. So uh, we get a report um, and uh, there's a family that lives locally Um uh, a little girl, 10-year-old girl, she lives at home with her two moms, and the doorbell rings, and she goes to answer the door, and there's no one at the door, but on the doorstep, she looks down, and she finds a bottle that's looking like a fake Molotov cocktail with a handwritten note in distinctly children's handwriting that says, gay is not okay. Oh, isn't that terrible? So, I mean, you work with kids. You know how this feels. A 10-year-old girl, imagine the fear, how she felt when she opened her front door because she knew this note is written by children in her neighborhood. These could be kids on her bus, kids in her class, her neighborhood. What it is is a classic ugly bullying of children. Yeah. And that's what they focused on, what they thought was her weak thing, right? The thing about her that could make her be made fun of. It's gross. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But you so, know, hate hate is um part of the human I mean, let hate, love, I mean it's yeah. It's human, right? So let's talk uh, about this. So the ADL is trying to fight hate and make the world a better place and have us be our better selves. What is the research, Stacey Sobel, into is there any reason that you guys know, because I don't know, 
why there is so much, why is it always the Jews? And by the way, we should just talk about the fact that the Jews are representing a smaller percentage of the American population every year than ever before, not a greater one. Jews are intermarrying at a rate that by some accounts is over 50%. Uh, As a people, we tend not to have a lot of children except for the smaller Orthodox, you know, people that are in Orthodox Judaism. And with all of that, fewer and fewer people, frankly, are practicing Judaism formally as an established religion. So there are fewer Jews, and yet there's more anti-Semitism. So you tell me, Stacy, why? Well, it's, you know, ADL always says there's not one reason. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of the background on what we've seen. So you're right, the Jewish population of the United States is less than 2%. Um, here in Connecticut, we actually, Jewish people make up over 3% of the population. So Nobody, believe it or not. It's nothing. 3%. Yep. Come on, I came from New York. Please. It's right. That's right. So there's <laughs> approximately 120,000 Jewish people in Connecticut. Lisa, that's more Jewish people than in all but seven countries in the United, in the world. Okay. Really? So Connecticut, really? More Jewish people than all but seven countries in the that's world. Wild. Okay? okay. Okay. I know. It is wild. So um, I was just invited up to the Connecticut legislature to make a presentation to them about anti-Semitism. So a lot of, you know, hats off to bipartisan requests by Connecticut leaders. They wanted to be educated about this. And that's where I came up with that information about the size of the Jewish population in Connecticut. But ADL does this study where they survey people to um, see how many of these 11 anti-Semitic stereotypes people believe in. And in this day and age, um, more than half of the Americans still believe in at least one common Jewish stereotype. But 20 percent of Americans, 66 million Americans, so 20 percent believe in six or more of the 11 Jewish stereotypes. And worldwide, like a quarter of the world population, which is two billion people, believe in anti-Semitic stereotypes. So these ancient, many of them ancient stereotypes really are persistent. And um, the idea is through education and um, working with children in schools and educating the public, we will do our very best to fight uh, stereotypes of all kinds. Um, But ADL often says that anti-Semitism is the uh, canary in the coal mine. I say that all the time on the show, all the time. I really believe that. Stacey, tell me what you... When you say it, what do you mean by it? Well, we believe it, it sort of represents um, a fraying of democratic values. We think it shows a society having serious internal problems and that it, you know, is a harbinger of hate of all kinds. So um, I would say, you know, ADL recently thinks that there's three, about three reasons why we're seeing a really big increase in anti-Semitism recently. One would be um, the, you know, increased hostility and political discourse. Yes, I think that's true. Um, it's very ugly. Yep. Terribly ugly. Very ugly. The second one is the mainstreaming of anti-Semitism in pop culture. So I can tell you, for example, after the Kanye West incident, we saw a dramatic increase in anti-Semitic incidents here in Connecticut, in middle schools against Jewish children. Really? Yes. Yep. Um, And then the third reason is online hate. 
in, you know, just people's participation in online media. And they sort of are, they're in this feedback loop. We know they keep getting confirmation bias. And so those are the three things that ADL has really been looking at as the most recent cause. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Stacy, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you say that ADL is all about combating this, and we've heard a recent cataloging of just how awful it is, and I can tell you that I was very surprised to hear that in my own town of Westport that there were these um, ugly, uh, what do they call themselves, Patriot Front, you know, ugly anti-Semitic kind of things that went ahead and got posted in the Campo Beach bathrooms. I mean, you know, it, it's it's sort of now... I won't say it's becoming normalized because I think people still find it to be terribly offensive and upsetting, but it's becoming a lot more common. And I agree with you. It's becoming a lot more common. So how do you fight it and what do you do? Well, we really encourage people to stand up and speak out. And instead of being bystanders and letting things go, to really be what we call upstanders and allies. So, for example, ADL has something that we call the pyramid of hate. And at the bottom of the pyramid are statements of bias and prejudice, maybe jokes, right? And the pyramid escalates at the top is genocide, the worst kind of hate. Oh, gotcha. And, the yeah, so the approach is that, you know, if you're at a party and somebody makes a joke and it's a, about a race or a religion or an ethnicity and the idea is don't just let it, don't just laugh and let it go, but to really interrupt hate at the bottom of the pyramid, small little acts so that they do not escalate. Because we know, we know that many of the mass shooters of the last several years have been driven by white supremacy and hate. And so there's a very fine line between hate becoming violence. Yeah, that's exactly true. I'm glad that you brought that up with the white supremacy movement because you said that one of the three causes of the uh, what you believe to be the upsurge in all of this hate is the political dynamic, which, let's just face it, Donald Trump is supported by a lot of right-wing right supremacists. But then the second prong you said is pop culture, and pop culture is largely dominated by a lot of black artists, including Kanye West. So it comes from different races and different types when it comes to anti-Semitism. And then what was the third? Oh, then then you said online. Uh, Yeah, online hate. The rise of the white supremacy movement, you know, has been noted by the FBI to be the largest single threat to American peace. It's, it's, they consider 
That's that's the largest single threat. Um, yep. You know, the white supremacy movement has been around ever since I was a kid. The Klan has been around forever, but it seems like in the last few years, uh, I think a lot of this has to do with online, too, this feeding and feeding and feeding of hate and, of course, the easy access to guns. When you combine yep. the two, you have you have a recipe. For it. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Connecticut, uh, you and I have been living here a long time, Lisa, I, I never woke up and found a white supremacist flyer on my front lawn, okay? But last year in Connecticut, over 22 towns woke up to find that last year. And so far this year, I have a list here. We, what's been reported to us is over 15 towns have been flyered or graffitied with white supremacist propaganda. It includes Westport that you mentioned recently. It includes um, Stanford. It's towns all up and down Connecticut. And each one of these incidents is just one person getting up off their couch and doing one, making one little effort, and yet they scare and intimidate entire communities. So there's a, they have a disproportionate impact, and they're very successful because of that. And um, there's, there's groups that have been very active in Connecticut. One of them um, that has, we've had a couple incidents in Connecticut, it's called the Goyam Defense League. It's actually the name is a takeoff on the Anti-Defamation League, but they put flyers um, on cars in Waterbury, Connecticut last year, and they live stream the incident. So so the person who's doing this wears a GoPro camera on his hat, and he's talking, I'm in Waterbury, Connecticut, and I'm putting these flyers on these, under these windshield wipers in front of the courthouse, in front of the coffee shop, and they live stream it on their Goyam Defense TV, and they raise money around it. They have a thermometer going up as they're live streaming their incidents. And that group has raised like $6 million in the last four years doing no that. No way. Yeah. So this is a profitable business for some people. Um, and they're in the news a lot. They get coverage. But I just, you know, we had just two reports this weekend, um, Rocky Hill and North Haven. And last week, New Haven was in New Haven last week, there were horrible fires that actually named a Yale student by name. <gasps> really distressing. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's very troubling. Very, very troubling. So we really encourage people when they find the flyers, call your local police department. Please report it to ADL. We need to keep track of this. We need to, as a community, stand up. So, for example, in Stamford and in Westport, community leaders, like the first select person, they made statements opposing this and saying that their town is no place for hate, no place for this kind of jargon. And it's really powerful. ADL really encourages leaders to do that um, because it means a lot to people when they know that their leaders are standing up against it. Are you also counting when you count hate incidents? Are you also counting the incidents of hate against black people? Yes, all kinds of hate. Absolutely. Whatever's reported to us, whatever gets reported to us, we count all of it. Yes. They're really all of the same. Look at white supremacists. They pretty much hate everyone except, you know, a very small group of the original. They call themselves like the original white Christian Americans. That's males. (laughs) Everyone else they hate. Uh, And, of course, they couldn't be any less Christian. Let's just say that for the record. They couldn't be any less Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, 
203-333-9422. We're chatting with Stacey Sobel. And how are we doing in terms when you count the hate incidents against black people, against Asian people? That's been another yeah. widely reported issue. Are, are we having more yeah. anti-Asian crimes in Connecticut too? Crimes, incidents in, in Connecticut too? I, I, anecdotally, I can say we do. ADL doesn't track them the same way we track anti-Semitic incidents, so I don't have data on that per se. But I will say that ADL worked with the Asian community um, at the start of COVID, where there was a really dramatic spike. And we um, taught, uh, we partnered with a foundation and taught them how to keep track in their own community of their data so that they have better systems. And ADL sits on their board, and they have um, people that, in our ADL has something called the Center on Extremism, where we have analysts 24-7 that are monitoring the dark web. So we have representatives from the Asian community, the LGBT community, the black community that are embedded at ADL learning. So we learn from each other to share incidents and share support in responding to them. And we, you know, we need coalitions. We can't fight this alone. Yeah. Too many people, for whatever reasons, are always targeted. They're just targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. And because of the Internet, you really can do that. You can really have, like I said, the flyers have a disproportionate impact. The Internet does as well. So, you know, imagine having your name and your personal information posted on the dark web. Um, It's very scary. Um, It happens as a way of targeting individuals. And it's called doxing. Um, it's now illegal in Connecticut. We ADL worked a couple years ago to pass legislation to make that illegal. Um, so there's all kinds of things that are happening um, that are pretty pretty frightening. Does the ADL? I know that part of what Connecticut did. I know my friend Tony Boucher helped pass this uh, a Holocaust education curriculum with the idea yes. of you know, learning history and by learning history, yep. learning empathy and eradicating hate. Yeah. Is the ADL or do you know how that is being implemented in terms of a curriculum in our schools? I'm so glad you asked that question. So let me just first say that what you said, Lisa, is so true. ADL has done studies and the studies show that Holocaust education reduces bias and increases empathy in young people. So it doesn't just help decrease the amount of anti-Semitism, but it helps decrease all kinds of hate. So um, Holocaust education is really important. And as I heard you mention uh, the Holocaust speaker, as the Holocaust survivors are dying off, it's really important that Connecticut pass that law. We're one of 22 states that has mandated Holocaust education. Um, Unfortunately, I think that the mandate has not been universally implemented as well as we're hoping. The law was passed in 2018 and complications with COVID have made it difficult. This session right now, there's a bill under consideration and it's already gotten out of the education committee, passed out successfully, but there's gonna have to be a vote in the House and the Senate at the state level to authorize the State Department of Education to hire um, a full-time employee who will make sure that these um, educational mandates, because it's not just Holocaust education, there's other, there's AAPI, there's other forms of black history mandates, um, but that would be a full-time person to ensure that the mandates are being implemented and to help provide support because teachers are overwhelmed. Yes. And it's hard for them to, exactly. So ADL has a ton of resources online. And we do free training. We have a program called Echoes and Reflections, which is in partnership with Yad Vashem. 
I'm going to have to cut yeah. you off just quickly. Oh. Is it ADL.org where people can go? ADL.org. Yeah. Okay, ADL.org. Yeah. Stacey Sobel, thank you so much for being with us to chat about this right now. And in the next hour, we're going to chat with Emil Frank about Holocaust Memorial Day. He is a survivor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 